0: we'd like to welcome you to our current event and weekly Bible study for October 18th, 2009. And today we're going to be continuing. This is probably going to be an ongoing weekly thing until this thing either happens or uh, or doesn't happen, I guess. I'm, I'm hoping that through the people out there that are reporting on this, through prayer and the Lord's intervention, that this won't happen. But regarding the coming... Um, vaccinations and uh, potential force vaccinations, Uh, the injectable microchips, the whole subject of uh, transhumanism and DNA, we're going to be kind of re-recovering that today. These are all just really since the last time I spoke, which was just last week on this. Uh, These are just new things that have come up. Uh, Steve Quayle released a warning on October 15th, and it was entitled The Beast, And he goes on to say the Beast rises from its hidden depths of other world origins to first enslave and then devour its unsuspecting worshippers. Although this is a great intro for a sci-fi movie, unfortunately it's real. Based in Belgium, the Beast, which is called the Biometric Encryption and Satellite Tracking, is a very well-funded and total-ready mode for the day when everyone left alive will be forced to take the mark of the Beast as an admission to the New World Order. In the last 24 hours, as I, as I write this on 1015, now it's 1018, so this is just a few days ago. In the last 24 hours, as, as I write this on 1015, verification has come from Asian sources that indicate the bioweapon at the tip of the needle with a nanotech device is located there. Now, remember, I've already talked about this. We reported on this um, probably about a month ago, a month, three weeks ago, about the injectable microchip. Uh, and potentially, not only when we talk about nanorobots or nanomedicine, which would be really things that they've already put in the vaccine, but this would actually be the um, uh, a microchip at the tip of the needle that could be inserted there at the last stage of quality control. It would be very easy to do. And nobody would know about it in the whole factory other than the person in the percent or persons in quality control that put it there. Or I imagine they could probably automate the process. I mean, you know. So, uh, this is what he's saying he's gotten verification of. But he says something uh, also um, that I wasn't fully aware of here. Let me just repeat this last line. The bioweapon is at the tip of the needle with the nanotech device located there. It is part of the Cray supercomputer system located in Central Europe. In other words, the, the um, microchip at the tip of the needle would potentially be some, a way that they could track you through this Cray supercomputer, and through this BEAST um, biometric encryption satellite tracking system. It's one more thing to think about in, 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 uh, with all the studies that we've done on this, just one more thing to bear in mind about this. Now, what I'm doing, uh, as I do every week, is I'm going to make sure this PDF of all the stuff that we're covering today is going to be available, connected with the teaching, up on Sermon Audio, and also up on ContendingForTruth.com um sermon audio you would just do a keyword search for for Scott uh A Johnson uh it's www.sermonaudio forward slash sermonaudio.com forward slash just Dr Scott Johnson D R not sp- doctor spelled out but just DR S C O T T J O H N S O N so if you want to find uh, and you can go up on the sermon audio site and do a keyword search for any subject that, that I might have covered as well. Okay, so now what we're also doing on the contendingfortruth.com website is uh, um, we're archiving my newsletters as well. I can't do that on Sermon Audio, so that's something else. And not only that, but the newsletters are searchable. In other words, if you go up there and do a search for a particular subject, you're actually going to be searching the, the newsletters and the PDFs that we have up there as well. So it gives you a little more, um, actually a lot more as far as information goes. So let's go further. He goes on to say then, Steve Quayle, The Lucifer strain, as I am calling the genetically modified vaccines that are being forced on the public through a psychological operation that would make the greatest tyrants of history jealous, has a more sinister side than most can embrace. Ten years ago, I proposed that the ideal killing machine would be a genetically modified and altered vaccine that would be forced on the world's population to, quote, help them. I stated for the record that the U.S. military would be intentionally destroyed by its enemies and traitors within our own government. I suggested that through enough obscuring of disclosure that a binary bioweapon would be designed that would be injected initially into the soldier and then another final injection being the finishing touch through administration of a secondary injection. That's called a binary agent. The word bi means two, okay? And so it would be not just like they're going to give you a shot and you drop dead. I know that does happen with vaccines, but this would be a little bit of a more subtle way to do it because it's going to happen over time. Now, another way they could use this binary agent is through chemtrailing. Let's say the population gets their swine flu vaccination. Let's say they've had their nasal flu missed, and let's say then they opt for the vaccination itself, and then they chemtrail us with the right binary agent to activate the, um, or, or cross-combine, making it truly lethal, okay? It would be the, the ideal way to do it, if you if you think about it, because they've totally suppressed chemtrails. I mean, vaccines aren't suppressed, as far as the, the media hype, but chemtrailing, you don't hear anything about it on the, on the major news networks, so... It's just something to think about there. Uh, he goes on to say, in the last 48 hours, it was noted in the mainstream press that the German army is being given a different vaccine than the German people. Additional information received by us stated that private military contractors, mercenaries, were being given a, quote, safe vaccine different than the one going to the people in the U.S. and the general military. And that doesn't include our militaries getting a different uh, it, it's saying German military, foreign military. Now remember, a lot of the, the, the reports that we've seen over the years is that the foreign troops will be the ones that ultimately take over um, when martial law goes down. And there's a lot of foreign troops already on our soils. And Steve Quayle said that up there in Montana, they've, they've seen troops like from Tajikistan and all these crazy places that are already prepositioned there there at the borders uh, in the event of whatever... They're predicting is going to go down. Those types of people would have no problems turning guns on Americans because they view us as the enemy anyway. Whereas our American military, they know they're going to have a lot of dissenters, and there's going to be a lot of people that are already warned and tipped off and um, won't, you know, fire on American people. So this is why that would be advantageous for them to have the foreign military. Do this, and that they would be the former military would actually be the ones that get the safe vaccine. I've also heard that um, uh, they also have antidotes. In other words, if somebody let's say got the uh, binary agent in one of these vaccines that were you know, lethal or, or potentially lethal, let's say not like going to kill you in two seconds, but maybe over the course of several days. Um, ...that they have the antidotes as well. So that's also something that they could fall back on. Okay, so... It is against the Geneva Convention to use people as guinea pigs, and many Nazi doctors were sentenced to death... ...for just following orders. The most perilous times in history are upon us. Don't just let these monsters poison you, destroy you, your children, your future, and your lives. Do your homework... Read everything you can on vaccines and rise up in righteous indignation, asking the right questions of all authorities. Well, the main thing we need to be doing is getting on our knees and crying out to the Lord Jesus Christ. And I think that's again, this is why I've done the study on imprecatory prayers, like with Psalm 64. Hide me from the secret counsel of the wicked, Lord, from the insurrection of the workers of iniquity, who wet their tongue like a sword and bend their bows to shoot their arrows, even bitter words that they may shoot in secret at the perfect. These are literally prayers and mo- most of them you know David wrote and a lot of it was when he was being pursued by his enemies okay that's the reason that, that he wrote a lot of these and uh, god can put us in a situation where where you know um, we need to be desperate for god all the time it doesn't matter you know what situation we're in but uh, he can put us in situations where we truly are desperate for our lives and those days are most likely coming And I also believe that the Lord is perfectly capable of intervening. He always preserves a remnant. Um, but these are things we should be praying about now before things get bad because they're not bad yet. I mean, I understand a lot of bad stuff's going on, but we've seen nothing compared to something like, you know, Nazi Germany or, or, you know, Russia under Stalin or one of these types of scenarios. So, something we need to be, um, on our knees about now and not later. So, let's go further. File lawsuits, write letters to the editor, call in radio and TV talk show programs. Do something, do anything, for if you fail to rise up legally and morally, you will be permanently placed in a horizontal position never to rise again. Okay, and that's just being proactive. Whatever the Lord would lead you to do. Okay? Um, And I give you the link to that article. And then I also give you a couple links to, well, I'll give you the link to my injectable microchip study, and then also the ones on transhumanism, vaccination, and DNA. Now he also, last year he issued, or he told his listeners, that um, when he saw things were just about ready to go down, he was going to try to give his listeners a two-week window where he put up what they call the red screen. So if you ever go up to Steve Quayle's site, Steve stevequayle.com, e.com If you go up there and you see the website's red, you know that you're within the two-week window that he believes that we have until things, like literally things start to go. Like the, the, the trigger's finally been pulled. Martial law is at bare minimum two weeks away, essentially, or before something really bad goes down. So, that's what he's saying. I'm not, you know, I'm not going to say I'm going to date, etc. And I'm not saying he is. I'm just saying that's what Steve Quayle is saying. He's been doing this a lot longer than me. Um, you know, the prudent man foreseeth the evil and hideth himself, but the simple pass on and are punished. So, these are just things to think about here. So, just so you know, he issued this warning and here's what he said. The red screen warning was meant to give you advance notice to either shelter in place or move to whatever place in the country you have pre-selected to go to. Obviously, a nuclear detonation in any U.S. city, complete financial collapse, Mideast War, Korean nuclear launch, or a mega quake on the New Madrid or the Pacific Northwest, or a mega tsunami on either coast could be heads up a notice for you to hunker In your bunker. Oh, that's a neat. Hunker in your bunker. I need to use that phrase more. I I just, I like how that sounds. Sorry. Anyway, hunker in your bunker or refuge location. While it is my prayerful and decade long desire to give you a two week's notice, it may be impossible. Should the U.S. sustain an electromagnetic pulse attack, there's another thing that could happen EMP attack. Uh, What do EMP attacks do? I think it's where they detonate some type of nuclear device high enough over a city, and it just knocks out every single thing that has any kind of electronic chip in it. The electrical systems, all the computers are fried, I mean, just about everything. You'd have to have a car, um, I'm trying to remember, I think it's like prior to 1987. What? Yeah, there was a movie where that happened. Um, Was it last... War of the Worlds. Yeah, that happened. EMP attack happened in War of the Worlds. Um, And it fried everything. It fried all the cars. All of them they had... um, I think it fried their alternators or something. They couldn't start their cars. Anyway, Hollywood's posturing uh, has, has presented that scenario. It's been brought up a lot of times. So that's something I haven't mentioned a lot as far as EMP attacks go. But it would take down all communications. And br- really bring the whole United States to a total standstill in that regard. The fact that the red screen alert is being explained is meant to help clarify the lateness of the hour. Suggest, all reading uh, all reading this, that the red screen explanation that you need a crash course in emergency preparedness, read and print out everything you can on survivalblog.com. www.survivalblog.com. BLLG.com and acquire the ultimate prep book, Dare to Prepare by Holly Dale. Okay, so that's something that you can get on Stan Deo's site, I believe, on that SurvivalBlog.com. And it is good; it's one of the things I have in my Preparedness PDF that I put up on the on the uh, internet. There's um, you can get that. It's it's that's very good as well. So may the mercy forgiveness, protection, and provision of the living God be poured out upon you and through you in miraculous ways in the coming months, Steve Quayle. So that's what he said. And you know, He said um, when he first started this out, he wanted to give you two weeks notice to, um, to go to a shelter or place or move wherever or whatever place in the country you have pre-selected to bug out to. Now, I get this question a lot, and to be quite honest, I'm not 100% sure. I, I have my contingency plan, but as far as where to go, you know, so if people have uh, suggestions, you know, about this, they can always email me, because I get a lot of questions, and I don't really know what to tell my listeners in regard to where to go. I mean, I, I think that um, there's, there's places that are more obvious than others, obviously. I mean, Florida's a real bad place. Uh, California would be real bad. Any place near the coast. Uh, particularly in highly populated cities, bad, really bad areas. Because in a city, they can lock the city down. They can lock the perimeter down. Now you're stuck. Now, I know if you've got food and water and these types of things, but we don't know if those perimeters are ever going to be lifted again. That's the problem that you run into. Even if you have food, water, or a way to even generate energy, the thing is, is you're going to have rioting, you're going to have this, you're going to have that. Now, I'm not saying the Lord Jesus Christ can't protect you through all of that. okay? Um, but if he's told you to get out or go to a specific spot, then you know you want to be obedient to that as well. And obviously the country would be a better place for that. If we got hit with, let's say, one of these big earthquakes, and there's a lot of these faults, and Steve Quayle's reported on that, Stan about the earthquakes, We've had a real increase in earthquakes lately. Um, There was that um, Sumantra quake not too long ago, and then the other one off uh, those those islands. Uh, My word. It was to the east of Australia. Anyway, we've had a lot of earthquake activity. And there's a lot of things that could happen in California uh, that could actually literally plunge California into the ocean regarding fault lines and regarding to the precarious situation that California will probably find itself in. So these are places that would not be advisable large population centers. um, Up in the, on high ground is is a good spot. Um, Inland, in the country, um, not too close to the coast. These are places that just seem obvious and um, it's something that you know you pray about and see where the Lord leads you, but the lateness of the hour this could be upon us very, very quickly. I watched a video last night, another one you know, about all the stuff on supposedly on october twenty fifth that could happen. nuclear detonation underneath um, washington d c and this and that. and it wasn't just those those uh, pastor guys talking about it. it was four other things. That were that were supposedly independently confirming that this could, something big could go down on October 25th. So again, things to pray about, things to consider. Uh, you know, I don't know if I'll have another study. This may be the last study. It literally could be, because if things start to go down and communications are shut down, nobody's going to be posting a whole lot of anything. Now, another thing would, that would be good for you to have in that case is a shortwave radio. Have a way to purify your Purify water. The, the the base thing you need to have is like one of those big Berkey water purification, or one of those, the kind that you pour it through, and it's gravity. It doesn't take any energy. It pours right through. It has ceramic filters. The water goes down there. You could you could um, put pond water in there if you needed to. Now, also, what you would probably want to do with that is put a little bit of food grade hydrogen peroxide and or the mild silver protein to kill the germs because. I know some of these filters are impregnated with silver, but still, I, something that you wanna you, you wanna think about. Uh, if you're using really dirty water, you're gonna have to clean those filters a lot more. Okay, that's another thing to think about. Um, food storage, and the best kind is the freeze dry because it's light, you can transport it, doesn't, and it has a really super long shelf life. That's by far, I think, the best choice um, as far as foods go um, and long-term food storage, what I'm talking about, have some things in case of a pandemic, mild silver protein, uh, food-grade hydrogen peroxide, the, the D3 product that I told you about, the one thing about food-grade hydrogen peroxide that you don't really have to worry about, or, or that you do have to worry about, is you can take too much of that, so you gotta be real careful with the food grade, you can't, like, if you got into a pandemic scenario situation, you just can't guzzle that stuff, particularly, you got to make sure it's diluted down to at least three to five percent on food grade hydrogen peroxide if you're going to use it. Um, but I don't think it's the ideal product to have in a pandemic situation because there's only so much of it you can take before you could literally hurt yourself. With the silver, you're not going to have to worry about that. You could literally take up to a half a bottle a day of the five thousand, and you're fine. Okay. Um, all it's going to really do is cause a detox or diaphragm. The D3, you could take up to, I mean. I've heard people taking up to fifty thousand units a day. I wouldn't say you're going to need that much, but just these are things you're not going to have to really worry about regarding having a reaction. Off, um, you know. I've heard good things about oregano oil um, from North American Urban Spice. They make a good oregano oil. These are just things that you can do. A, a really true food grade vitamin C, like Right Foods. Right Foods makes a really good one. Um, that's the one I use. Uh, these are just things that you can do to boost your immune system. And I know I've mentioned a lot of these in the past. I just kind of want to mention them right now real quick. So let's go on further. Uh, these are 10 questions about flu vaccines that doctors and health authorities refuse to answer. And um, this is from Mike Adams at Natural News. So question number one. Where are the randomized, double-blind, placebo-controlled studies proving flu flu vaccines are both safe and effective? Well, the answer is there aren't any. And he gives you a link to go to, and I'm not going to go into great detail on any of this. I've already covered this. But these are just things to think about, okay? There is no randomized, double-blind, placebo-controlled studies proving flu vaccines are both safe and effective. They don't exist, okay? Question number two. Where, then, is the so-called, quote, science backing the idea that flu vaccines work at all? Answer, other than the cohort studies, they're called, quote, cohort studies, there isn't any. The cohort studies have been thoroughly debunked, though. Scientifically speaking, there isn't a scrap of honest evidence showing the vaccines work at all. It's just propaganda. Three, how can methylmercury which is what's in thimerosal, which is the preservative used in flu vaccine, how can that be safe for injecting into the human body when mercury is an extremely toxic heavy metal? Answer, it isn't safe at all. Methylmercury is a poison, along with vaccine adjuvants. It explains why so many people suffer autism and other debilitating neurological side effects after being vaccinated. I, there's a video I had seen, it was on a dentistry site, and it was a, these guys, they're all MDs, but they're all natural dentists. They didn't use any mercury in the fillings, you know, which is the, the height of insanity to use mercury as a filling for a tooth. Okay, because mercury is highly absorbable into the, into the system. And the most absorbable part of your body is the mouth. And it's a proven fact if you get a mercury filling, those mercury ions just in atoms just totally, over time, Go into your body, go into your body. It's like a continual release program. And um, they build up in the system. And it showed on this an actual video of a, a dendrite in the brain, which is like a brain cell. And when a mercury molecule comes in close proximity to it, that this dendrite just shriveled up and shrunk. It just killed it. It kills brain cells, among other things. That's why it causes so many neurological problems, because that's part of the, the nervous system the stuff is absolutely toxic. Now, before I go further, I'm going I was going um skipping ahead in my little packet here cuz I think it's a good time. Here, here we go. Seattle Times, September 25th, just so you know. We just talked about mercury. Well, guess what? This was entitled in the Seattle Times, which is, you know, the ma- major newspaper in Seattle, "State lifts limit on mercury preservative in swine flu shots." They've lifted the limit on it. We need more mercury in the shots. In preparation for the swine flu vaccinations next month, Washington Health Department has temporarily suspended a rule that limits the amount of mercury preservative called thimerosal in vaccines given to pregnant women and children under the age of 3. That's who we really want to target. We want to target the most, you know, the innocent, the most innocent because you've got babies in the womb and you've got children under 3 and the pregnant women. Thimerosal has been um, eliminated in most vaccines in America, but it will be added to the bulk of the swine flu vaccinations. A vocal minority believes the compound could be linked to autism. About 15% of the vaccine supply will be mercury-free. 15%. So they've lifted the ban on mercury. I mean, we have gotta have more of that, you know. We, we they they wanna you know they gotta get us killed a little quicker, and that'll be one way that they can do it. It's the only reason I can see them doing it. Why do you put a totally toxic neuro, neurotoxin into a vaccine that you inject straight into the bloodstream where the body has no time to even adapt to it. I mean, if you, even if you ingest some, your body can identify it to a certain extent through the immune system processes. but you inject that thing right into the bloodstream, you have what they call an autoimmune reaction, which is why we have so many autoimmune diseases now as opposed to even 50 years ago or before the modern advent of all the vaccinations. So let's go further. Question number four, why do reports keep surfacing of children and teens suffering debilitating neurological disorders, brain swelling, seizures, and even death following flu vaccines or the HPV vaccines? Answer, because vaccines are dangerous. The vaccine industry routinely dismisses all such accounts, no matter how many are reported as, quote, coincidence. And boy, they're ramping up. You watch, um, I can't stand to even watch local or world news. I, I just... I get so infuriated. I have to just turn it off most of the time. But the first stories you're seeing now, almost every night, whether it's local news or whether it's world news, is the vaccine shortage. And all oh, there's been eleven. There's been eleven children that have died. Listen, let me tell you something. According to their own statistics, it kills thirty. The regular flu kills thirty six thousand people in America every year. Anyway, why aren't all those on front page news? Thirty-six thousand people, compared to what is it, eleven or twenty-one deaths? Of, they say supposedly of children. The the statistically, it's not even close to the other. It's they're just trying to build this this panic and this paranoia. Uh, it's it's absolutely a total um, conditioning ploy for us. So, and I'm not saying eleven children. That are that are dead is a you know I'm not saying that's a good thing by any stretch of the imagination or to take that lightly, but it's a genetically created vaccine that was created in a laboratory, part swine, part uh, avian, and part human. It's been well proven that and we've documented that it's been created. So the very thing they created, yeah, it's starting to kill people. Now they're injecting it straight into the bin, or it's, you're getting it straight into the system with these nasal flu vaccines and the injectable vaccines I believe are you know being released now as well so it's not a good scenario. Taylor was just telling me also one of the things they're trying to get everybody to do is use these uh, Germex stuff and um, what was the other thing Germex and Lysol. Lysol a lot of the chemicals in Lysol are cancer causing. Inhale that stuff. It's just pure chemicals. Okay, it's just one of the many ways they're trying to take us out. And then you've got Germex. Now the thing you have to ask yourself about Germex: you put that stuff on and it's gone. Now I understand there's a high alcohol content, but how much of that is actually absorbing into the body? I'd really like to know, because I understand, yeah, to a certain extent, it's evaporating. But you're but you're putting it in your, your on your hands and it's gone, literally in seconds. And I do believe a lot of those chemicals are absorbing straight into the body. I wouldn't use either. Uh, a good alternative would be something like, um, it's called Thieves. It's, it's an uh, oil blend that you can, um, that I know you can buy it, and I know Young Living sells it, and I don't like Young Living because it's a Mormon-based comp- a very new age Mormon-based company. It is a good product. Uh, I actually made some myself. I just took the oils and I made it. It was not easy to make, okay? So it's not an easy thing to do. you got to have like grain alcohol and these four essential oils and things of this nature. Maybe you could go up on the internet and do a keyword search for Thieves Recipe to, to learn how to make it yourself. But I've used that for a long time. Go into a restaurant. A lot of times we'll carry a little bottle of it with us and we just spray it on our hands and, um, uh, that's a much healthier alternative, okay? You can spray surfaces with it. There's other things you can do, okay? There's other ways you can disinfect surfaces. Um, vinegar with hydrogen peroxide, uh, these types of things. You could even put a little bit of amounts over protein. Uh, what's that? Regular soap. Well, regular soap, but, but you got to be careful with regular soap. Um, now, Alex Jones has been supporting and promoting this company, and I checked into him. Uh, Cal Bend Soaps, and they've been around for a long time. I had never heard of this company, and I actually ordered some of their soaps, and I tell you what, they're really good, they smell really good, it's a very good value, and there's literally no chemicals in these soaps at all. The soaps and the products that we use on our body, shampoo, soap, cleaning products, detergents, are laden with cancer-causing chemicals. Anything that has methylene or probe in it, meth or probe, in the... Um, on the back, on the label, it's bad. Okay, those are cancer-causing compounds. And again, one of the many ways they're trying to, you know, get to us. It's 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 just a slow kill. It's basically over time, this stuff ends up taking you out. You need that piece of paper. Um, um, and yeah, bug spray. A lot of these different things that are they're just loaded with with chemical things. And so what ends up happening is is you end up. Um, You end up either ingesting these things, you get them on your skin, you inhale it, and over time, particularly if you're not doing any detoxification, what ends up happening is they end up uh, causing cancer, or causing some type of autoimmune reaction, or some type of respiratory condition, or who knows what, in the body. And a lot of times people that turn up with different, various diseases, it could be a gigantic combination of a lot of these different things interacting in the body together. So, the Cal soap is really good. I ordered just a little the sample pack to try it out. It's got a real nice coconut, light coconut smell, and um, I actually then called the company and requested an ingredient list. They emailed it to me, and the ingredient list was great. I mean, I was very, very happy with it. They're very reasonably priced, and um, so you can look them up. You can either go up to Alex Jones' site, I think they've got a link there, or just... Keyword search, Calben, C-A-L-B-E-N, I believe, soaps. Um, Very good. And you'll save money, too, because uh, these are things, too, that we should have. I know I I I say a lot about stockpiling, let's say, potentially gold or silver or or food or water, but also cleaning products, things like this that you're going to still need. Um, These are things, also, you should be thinking about doing. So, let's go further. Uh, Let's see here. Why do reports keep surfacing... Okay, we already read that one. Why don't doctors recommend vitamin D for flu protection, especially when vitamin D activates the immune system far better than a vaccine? And that's what vitamin D does. That's why I like using D and the silver together. Here's why. The mild silver protein... Colloidal silver acts as what we would call a secondary immune system in the body. Meaning, if your own immune system is debilitated, it doesn't really matter because the colloidal silver is going to go in there and do its job. It's going to eradicate anything that has a fungal, viral, or bacterial nature. I had a lady email me yesterday and ask me about parasites, and I don't think it does a whole lot for parasites. But if it has a fungal, viral, or bacterial nature to it, the silver will eradicate it. I mean, and it also it depends on how much you take and how bad the infection is, I mean, as far as defeating something. Now, what the vitamin D3 does, this D3 is the active form of vitamin D in the body. What that does is it actually activates your own immune system. So it's kind of like one's doing kind of one thing and one's doing another. One's ramping up your own defenses. The other is actually helping out your own defenses by acting as a secondary immune system, thus taking pressure off your own immune system. Okay, so it's it's a really good combo. Um, now he says, um, "Why aren't they recommending the D? Oh, all they're recommending is is washing your hands and not touching railings and stuff like that. And these these masks that they have are a total joke. Okay." Well, I, I already mentioned Germex. The masks that they're, they're mentioning are a joke because unless the mask is rubber and seals to the skin in the event of a pandemic, it's not going to do anything to protect you. It's a joke. It might help contain the spread if you had it and you sneezed into the mask. Maybe it would help a little bit with that. But it's going to do nothing to protect you. It's just more of a psychosomatic thing. Oh, I got a, this mask on. I feel protected. Well, it's a false false security is what you've got with those masks. So, um, in the, um, I'll try to make sure I'm going to make, I'm, I'm going to put the, uh, the PDF for my proactive recommendations at the top of this study so that if you want to know my proactive recommendations, I kind of take you through comprehensive list. It's about three pages. It's in PDF format. I'll make sure I put this at the top and, um, When you click into this PDF on Sermon Audio, you'll see a link, and you can go to it, and it gives you a lot of the things that I'm talking about, gas mask recommendations, um, a lot of these survival guides that we had mentioned, the silver recommendations, just a lot of different things that you can can go see. Okay, Taylor just asked me if Steve Quayle's site was on the red. No, it's not yet. I mean, I don't know, I haven't checked it today, but it wasn't as of last night, so... You know, ultimately, again, when regard to something like that, the best thing that you can possibly do is pray and fast, and get in the Bible. Okay, Get in the King James Bible, pray and fast. Because I don't want you to do something out of panic, and I don't want you to do something the Lord Jesus Christ doesn't want you to do, or, or that you're not led to do through Him and by Him. Okay, So that's not my intention. I'm just here to give you the information to arm you with as much truth as I can possibly arm you with, and um, um, put you in that position so that you can make an educated decision. So, um, okay, so the reason that they're not advocating D, his answer is because the D cannot be patented and sold as a medicine. Okay, now this is the exact same reason with the colloidal silver. Prior to 1938, Food and Drug Administration take over... Of the pharmaceutical, of, of the medical industry. You could literally go, and you did, this happened, and I've, I've had people confirm this to me. Old timers that were, um, would confirm this to me, particularly when I did that tour back in 05, I had people coming up to me saying, yeah, I used to get, go to the, the MD, and what they would do, prior to 1938, is they would prescribe the mild silver protein. And they would either make it right there, compound it right there in their medical um, office, or they would send you to the local pharmacy and they would do it there. The problem is they had no way to stabilize it back then. So it was like a time, very time-sensitive thing they were giving you. You had to consume it within like one to two weeks or it would start falling out of solution. Okay, But they couldn't patent it. It was a natural substance inherently. And it was very, very expensive back then. And they had no way to stabilize it. And... The main reason is that was the modern advent of the antibiotics. They came in uh, sulfa drugs and antibiotics and these types of things. And what that did is they could patent that and make more money. And the thing about it was is the silver was proven to cure 650 different diseases. They're not interested in having a cure for anything. They don't ever cure anything. Nothing ever gets cured. You ever notice that? Nothing ever gets cured. MS, MD, all of these telethons that they have, and, and, and the Cancer Society, and the Pink Ribbons, and all this other stuff. But nothing ever happens. Nothing ever gets cured. Why? Because it's reoccurring revenue. They have no, the pharmaceutical industry has no interest in cure, finding a cure for anything. It is a means of money-making and control. And, and you know, it's how a lot of people make their living, And it's it's how, to a large part, we are controlled through our health. So, um, the D in relation to that, I put out an email this week that I noticed that the D that I was recommending from innate response formulas, which is the only D that I know of, D3 that I know of, that is actually manufactured from a food. This is not synthetically made D3, which is what 99% is on the market, synthetically made this one is actually manufactured from a food. I noticed that the only thing available on the internet is 400 international units. Now that's not really a very big dose. That's like the kids' dose. Okay. I think the company has limited other people selling it online. So I offered it to. I made an offer to my listeners that if they wanted to get some of the either the thousand international units or the 2,000. They just came out with a 2,000 international units pill. Um, I would. I would do that. I normally don't even do that because I've got to be a little bit careful about how much I try to take on Um, but um, if you're interested just email me I'll I'll email you the offer um, that you can see it. Anyway let's go further. Um, Number six if human beings need flu vaccines to survive then how did the human survive through all of Earth's history? Answer. Human genetic code is already wired to automatically defend you against invading microorganisms. It's true. God gave us an incredible immune system. It's just a matter of do we have the tools to implement it and and to ramp it up. I mean, if you've got a gas, a car with no gas, it can't run. So your immune system does need the raw materials it needs to to run. Things like zinc and uh, this D3 that we had mentioned. Actually, calcium is the main thing that helps to ramp up white blood cell, what they call motility. Uh, There's a lot of different things that our immune system needs. Vitamin C. The silver, it acts more as a secondary immune system, but um, this is just something to think about. So question number seven, if the flu vaccine offers protection against the flu, then why are the people who often catch the flu, the very same people who were vaccinated against it? Answer, because the most vulnerable to influenza infections are the very same people who have a poor adaptive response to vaccines and who don't build up antibodies. In other words, the flu vaccines only, quote, work on people who don't need them anyway. And even building antibodies doesn't equate to a real-world protection from the flu, by the way. Not only that, you get all the other toxic garbage that's in the vaccines that we've already mentioned in previous studies, just mercury just being one of them. Eight, if the flu vaccine really works, then why was there no huge increase, increase in flu deaths in 2004 the year when flu vaccines were in short supply and the vaccinations actually, vaccination rates dropped by 40%. There's another thing to think about. Now there's links to a lot of these things that I'm saying within this article. I had a, a guy email me the other day. He says, I, he says, I just need to stick to more of the scientific stuff on these. I'm doing, trying to do both. I'm trying to give you news stories, what the media is pushing, so we can see what they're admitting to and what they're saying. I'm also trying to give you scientific stuff that you can go and check out, and it's available in the PDFs, but I'm not just going to keep this totally purely scientific um, because it would be boring, I mean, to just to sit here and listen to just, you know, trying to validate something from a scientific angle. I'm trying to give you, kind of give you the big, broad picture here. Um, there was no change in death rate in 2004. You could drop vaccination rates to, to 0%, and you'd still see no change in the number of people dying from the flu. Well, I bet differ because I think you would see a drop in people dying from the flu because just like I'd said before, there's a lot of people that get the flu shots and then they drop dead. I had a patient it happened to. He was dead, I believe, the next day, according to his wife, what she told me, the next day. Why wasn't that on TV? Guarantee if a chiropractor hurt somebody, that would be all over the news. But when it comes to the pharmaceutical industry, which actually, I hate to say it, is really the medical industry slash pharmaceutical industry, which are pretty much one and the same, are responsible for more deaths in this country than cancer or heart diseases by itself. These are called when you start to add up everything, like nosocomial infections. My grandma, um, just, she's, can't get her to do anything, on, on on a lot of the stuff that we get into. And um, she's um, she's Catholic background, just sweet lady, sweet lady, but she just can't get her to do anything regarding um, proactive health stuff. And she went in to get her carotid artery scraped, which to me is one of the most asinine procedures on the planet because you've got hundreds of miles of blood vessels and you scrape this the carotids, which are just this short section. What about all the other hundreds of miles that are placked up as well? Um she went to get those scraped and what ended up happening is that she went in there feeling fine and now she's she got pneumonia in the hospital. Now she's in a nursing home. I just talked to her from the nursing home two nights ago, and uh pray for her if you would for her salvation. I sent her uh the last time I sent her a tape called Messages from Heaven it was on the Catholic Church, and I sent her a tape on where they're actually interviewing ex nuns and ex priests. Uh she went ballistic. I mean, even though she's not even going to the Catholic Church anymore, she went ballistic. Catholic spirits are very, very strong and powerful. People that get into that, and I call it a cult, it's the largest pseudo Christian, pseudo false Christian cult on the planet. Uh, it's incredibly, the, the, the demons that influence these people are incredibly powerful. Very, very hard to break free from that. Um, anyway. So um, she's, she's in there now. She got her nosocomial infection, which are infections you get while in the hospital because there's so many germs floating around. Uh, there's a lot of super strains in the hospitals because they use antibiotics and they use a lot of these disinfectants. And what happens is, is there's, there's always a small percentage of bacteria that survive or viruses, and those viruses are like, you know, on steroids because they're, they're the ones that survive. So then they breed and they create what they call super strains. This is where we get MRSA from. Multiple resistant staph aureus is what that stands for. Which is the staph infection that you get many times. Um, you could um, it's, it's been very, very prevalent. And they don't really have a, a real good solution for it. Antibiotics, things of this nature, um, they don't have powerful enough drugs to eradicate it. And I know the mild silver protein, the 5,000 part per million, has been proven successful on that. Uh, what the problem you run is if you have it really deep internal and you can't get the 5,000 on there topically, it's harder to deal with that way. Uh, you can do it, but you've got to kind of do a little bit of, of everything, um, you know, ramping up with everything you can throw at it. So, uh, anyway, there's nosocomial infections. There's properly prescribed drugs that are killing people. There's improperly prescribed drugs that are killing people. There's box surgical procedures, uh, there's the drug interactions that are killing people. There's all of these things that, if you add all of them up, that figure is by far the number one death rate in America. Okay, I've done the math before. I don't have it right in front of me right now, but I've done the math on it, and it really is. It's it's the number one um, uh, death rate. So let's see here. Okay. Okay, how can flu vaccines reduce mortality by 50% as it is claimed when only about 10% of winter deaths are related to the flu in the first place? They can't. The 50% statistic is an example of quack medical marketing. If I have a room full of 100 people and then I take the 50 healthiest people and hand them a candy bar, I can't scientifically claim that the candy bars make them healthy. That's essentially the same logic behind the 50% reduction in mortality claim in the flu vaccines. Okay, and he gives you a good, a good link to go to there as well. Tenth question. If the flu vaccines work so well, why are all the drug makers and health authorities so reluctant to subject them to scientific scrutiny with randomized placebo controlled studies? Answer. Although they claim to have such studies, they claim such studies would be, quote, unethical. What's far more unethical is to keep injecting hundreds of millions of people every year with useless, harmful vaccines that aren't backed by a shred of honest evidence. The vaccine industry is about making money, not actually offering immune protection against the flu. Well, it's making money and depopulation. The old people killer. is—it's. I've had more than one person. I've read it more than one time. That's what it's referred to in a lot of either hospitals and or nursing homes. Nursing homes in particular. The old people killer. I mean, can you imagine, okay, here we are, uh, you're working at a nursing home as a nurse, and you, and you see the flu vaccines coming in for this year, and you're thinking, oh boy, we're going to have a lot of people, we're going to be thinning out the nursing home here in the next couple weeks with all these vaccines coming in. That's the reality of what we're talking about here, okay? Um So that's what's what's going on. Whether people get the flu or not is irrelevant to the bottom line of profits of drug companies. What matters most is that people continue to take the flu shots. And making that happen depends entirely on pushing the vaccine mythology that affects the minds and doctors and health authorities today. Remember, it's a spiritual problem as well. And more so than anything. People that are brainwashed and blinded to this understand it's not the Holy Spirit that's blinding you to the truth. It's the demons and devils. Remember, what what does the Bible say? The prince of this world has blinded their eyes that they cannot see, that the light of the glorious gospel cannot be revealed to them. Now, I understand that's in relation to the gospel, but he blinds on all levels. He blinds on any level of truth. He's the father of lies. He doesn't want you to know truth about anything. He doesn't want you to know the truth about him. He doesn't want you to know the truth about vaccines. There's a lot of things that he would try to blind you about, And there's literally legions of demons and devils that are unseen that that are dedicated to doing this. We battle not against flesh and blood, but against princes, principalities, rulers of wickedness in high places, powers. These are the things that we battle against, and they're unseen. So they have everything to do with this. And I've done that whole study on pharmakia, which is where we get the root word for sorcery in the Bible. And pharmakia is obviously the root word for pharmacy and pharmaceuticals and things of this nature. So it all ties together with this. You have, if you haven't heard that, then I would suggest you go listen to that on uh, Sermon Audio. You can also access the teachings on ContendingForTruth.com. If you go up to the left-hand corner, you I think there's a Sermon button. And that will show you all the sermons. They play through Sermon Audio, but you can see them all there on the ContendingForTruth.com website. You can also go up to YouTube and do a keyword search. End Time Delusion 1 has all of my... Uh, teachings archived uh, there's a lot of other uh, christians that have archived the sermons up there as well so all you have to do is do a keyword search on youtube or even on the internet so let's go further uh, i'm going to play a little clip here from a a uh, brief video up on youtube and it's called brain chipping injectable microchips in the swine flu vaccination uh, and chipped cyborg nano babies a nice light-hearted whimsical subject we're going to be delving into here, microchips that lodge in the brain and fuse with your DNA. Brains might run, soon run on Vista. Now, I just watched the other night, Pastor Michael Hoggard's teachings, he's got three new teachings out, and a lot of them relate to transhumanism, how they're trying to corrupt our DNA, um, injectable microchips, things of this nature, okay, it's very confirmatory, What I've been reporting about, specifically with the injectable microchips, specifically with transhumanism, messing with our DNA, which is the main goal of Satan. They're trying to make us essentially non-human, and this is the whole goal of transhumanism. This is the whole goal of the New Age movement. This is the whole goal of the one world coming religious system, which at its heart will be witchcraft. Bible says the antichrist will cause craft to prosper in his hand. He will be an understander of dark sentences and he is going to be a master sorcerer, a master witch essentially is what you could call him. And this is going to be the essence of the coming one world religion. And what they want to do is corrupt our DNA and the best way that I can see them doing that is through vaccinations because it's injected right into our body. They want to make us something that's not human. They want to make us, in their words, post-human, meaning we were human, but now we're beyond that. How the New Age justifies is they want to take us to the next step in our evolutionary process. And then you, go to, you get all these channelers that are saying all this stuff about, oh, we're communicating with ascended masters or aliens or whatever, these people that get abducted. They're all being told the same thing. We're here to help you make your next step into the evolutionary process where you're not human anymore. And this is going to be one of the main ways they try to do it is by messing up our DNA, injecting us with microchips, things of this nature. This is why I view this this flu thing, these injections, as literally a matter of life and death. Because I don't know the consequences of them injecting you with something, with a microchip that has foreign DNA in it I don't know what the consequences of that, truly, from a physical and a spiritual level. None of us do. But I sure don't want to take any chances on it. Okay, so that's why, a big reason I've been so harping on this lately, because it's something that could literally be reality, you know, very, very, very soon, particularly if they had supposed outbreak. And now they're injecting everybody, or they're putting the swine flu nasal mist up everybody's nose that has the live H1N1 in it. There's going to be what they call viral shredding into the sew- viral shedding into the sewage system, into um, you know people are going to be sneezing, coughing. People are we're going to be seeing more and more of this, unfortunately. So let's go ahead, and I'm going to play. I'm going to start this clip from this particular uh, video here, and I'm just getting everything set up here. Okay, and I will be commenting on the way here. So, here we go. So, imagine uh, a young woman, she's just given birth, and then she, she needs to make Okay, we're going to go ahead and start now. Sorry about that. I'm, uh, I wanted to have a better sound quality. So, here we go. So, imagine uh, a young woman, she's just given birth, and then she... She needs to make the decision. Is she, is she going to have her baby modified? Is she going to turn that baby into a, a cyborg?
1: This grain of sand, in a sense, that's been nanotech is uh, inserted into the human brain, that baby's brain. And it integrates itself into the brain. So that baby, in effect, is no longer human.
0: Okay, you hear what he said? He said this grain of sand, that has been nanotech Remember what we talked about, nanomedicine, nanorobots? It's been nanotech through nanomedicine. It's injected into the baby's brain or put in there some way. And he's openly admitting, I mean, the baby's not human anymore. It's part, it's a cyborg. It's part organic and part machine. It's part human, part machine. And again, it's the same thing that Satan's been trying to do to us all along. Ever since, um, really, Genesis 6, it started in earnest, which is corrupting the seed of mankind. And this, it's no different today than it was then. I think it's a lot more on a lot of different more levels now than it was back in Genesis 6. It was more overt. Today it's more insidious. Uh, but the same goal is still being trying to be accomplished. And Jesus said, as it was in the days of Noah... So shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. So this is something we should be looking out for. And all of this garbage with the genetic modifications and cloning and nanomedicine and um, injectable nanorobots and injectable microchips and messing with our DNA, it's all part of that process. So let's go further. That woman, in a sense,
1: has killed her baby. Killed her baby.
0: Killed her baby. Killed in a sense the baby's no longer human. It's effectively an artefact. It's an artefact in human disguise. It's a transhuman. It's not fully human anymore. It's not running on its own volition. It's it's basically has this chip in it that can guide it and can influence it and and um, can it can actually literally be controlled. And this is what all the transhumanists want. And this is a big part, like I said, of the coming evolutionary step that the New Agers and the Ascended Masters and all of these other devils and demons are tricking people into thinking that we need. At the end of the discussion, the swine flu was mentioned and a lady got up and declared the following. This is what this lady said. A friend of hers works for a pharmaceutical company in Vienna and told her that the swine flu injection needles indeed contain nanoparticles in in the very tip of the needle, which cannot be detected with the naked eye, but are clearly visible with as little as a 12 times magnifying microscope like a children's toy microscope. The staff of the pharmaceutical company was advised that these nanoparticles work in the human body like a motherboard in the computer and lots of data can be stored on it. The lady further disclosed that she was working in the medical field. She had asked the lawyers who came to her as a patient how it was possible to avoid being chipped. He told her that he was aware of the planned shipping of the population and in fact most upper class members of society were aware of this plan. Okay, so that was a little cameo appearance by myself. Sorry, that, I was actually on the uh, on that video clip, and um, this is from EndtimeDelusion This is the uh, Stephen, the Christian brother that puts up these these uh, videos for me. He incorporated a little sound clip. Now I do have headshots available in the foyer, uh, so in case anybody wants to purchase them, I've got that too. I'm getting a little, my head's getting a little bit big here. Sorry, just kidding. Um, anyway. Hillary Clinton he's got a, a clip here called at the rate that technology is advancing people will be implanting chips in our children to advertise directly into their brains and tell them what kind of products to buy I mean it's almost comical it, it's so unbelievably orwellian and malevolent but it's almost comical that's a that's a quote by Hillary Clinton I mean Hillary I'm sorry or she's also sometimes referred to as Billery. Get it? Kind of a hybrid of Hillary and Bill. Anyway, um, so yeah, it's it's absolute insanity what we're talking about here. But can you imagine you have a chip implanted into you, and see, they don't have to keep you in front of um, television all the time. If, they, if you've got to put a chip implanted in there, it can be constantly influencing thought patterns. Now, I understand there's a lot of ways they can influence thought patterns, just with harp and Gwen and Sound of Silence technology and a lot of the radio waves and things that they can do. But this would actually be something where they could not only track you, but in absolutely heavily influence thought patterns as well. We'll go, go further here.
2: If you look at things historically, every brick fits into place. And uh, from uh, the prime mover, I don't even care who it might be, but the result of wanting to control and dominate, that's pretty much the uh, the universal. And you look over the last couple hundred years, and boy, we're marching down that road. Now, Alan, what's interesting about that is also from time immemorial, even though people might want to be led or guided by a greater power, uh, you know, governmentally or otherwise, the the... the desire for individuality is, is certainly a pressing desire in human nature. People are not willingly going to embrace this, even with a level of fear. Mm-hmm. So yeah. now, when you're talking about things like chips that stop individuality, I don't care how afraid somebody is, yeah. they're not going to willingly say, yeah, hand me one of those.
1: That's right. You'd have to have incredible chaos or starvation even, um, or else many years of a buildup to it. Uh, Albert Pike said himself, we never begin a premature revolution. We lay out the groundwork of the years ahead to prepare the minds of the people. Well, at the Loyola University meeting, uh, these guys never mentioned politics. They, they, they weren't giving out a wish list uh, uh, to be put through by politics. They worked for the real bosses of the world. And he said that. Um, this will be a positive thing and taught to be a positive thing from kindergarten. Uh, they uh, said through novels, through cartoons, uh, movies, etc. It's a, it's a positive thing t- to advance towards. And sure enough, after that meeting, out comes the first Robin Williams movie with the, a movie called The Cutter. iTech introduces the ninth generation of an entirely organic scientific breakthrough. The Zoe implant. There you are, there's the chip in the brain, and it's kind like of a nice thing. You can you can have a deceased family member's chip removed, downloaded to see through his eyes as he grew up, etc. All that you see with your eyes and all that you hear with your ears will be preserved so that it can be experienced by loved ones you leave behind.
0: And... and- so I don't know if you're aware of this movie I'm not saying going out and get it but it was a Robin Williams movie one of the few movies he's ever done with, with like he's serious and um, he uh, he was known as the, what they call the cutter and what his job was is people that were implanted this was just a foregone conclusion these people were implanted with these um, implants and when they died they would go in and harvest the implants or I don't know download it or something it's been a long time since I saw it but what would end up happening is, he was known as the cutter, like in a movie, so what he would do is he would go in there and edit out all the bad stuff, all of the person's sins and all the bad stuff that they had done in their life. I mean, he got to see it all. And then what he would do is he would basically put all the good stuff, all the good memories or whatever, and he would actually be able to present these in, like you were seeing through this person's eyes, uh, I don't, I forget it, I think it was like a disc. That they would get, and they could actually relive this person's life um, on on TV, and that's what he did. And it was all about this injectable microchip. I had another email uh, come to me, and they had said about uh, warning about this um, about the new um, show Fringe, which is a very macabre sci-fi show that's on Fox. And I think there is some of the most heavy telegraphing I have ever seen in that show, of what they've got planned for us. And Fringe, um, what they got into in this one particular episode was that they um, were—they had these implants, these brain implants that were put in there by this particular doctor that were for um, people that couldn't sleep. They had nightmares. They had insomnia. And these people had tried everything and they couldn't. So they literally got these brain implants. And what it did is it affected the thalamus part of the brain. And they got restful night sleep and all of them were great. Well, the doctor actually could go in there and literally experience what they were experiencing in brains. And it could also be used to do the exact opposite. Well, he started going in there and actually tapping into people's brains, his people that, that were his patients, and was essentially turning them into... to. Uh, mass murderers. These people would go nuts. They would see all these things. They would literally be walking down a hall or somewhere and they would see people as demons and devils and things of this nature. This is what they were seeing. And then they would have this response to kill them. And this is what they were doing. Now, this is what they're telegraphing to us. And these are people that were implanted with a microchip implant. Now, this, I guarantee you, they have this technology where if you get implanted... They can infect uh, brain patterns, and they most likely can affect how you're perceiving your environment. So this is something that's very uh, uh, real and something that they're heavily telegraphing in um, Hollywood. So, it's just something more to think about. Back to the video here. They're they'll put
1: it in cartoons for the children where they'll be superheroes and have all these special powers. And, in other words, they're going to give you a virtual reality. That's how they're going to sell it to the public.
0: Some scientists predict that in the future we'll have a memory chip. We'll be able to file away and store memories and vastly improve
1: our memory. Maybe one day we'll have a vision chip, which could help victims of strokes and accidents. And some scientists predict that one day we could even have a thinking chip. A a thinking thinking chip. chip. A A thinking chip. thinking chip. chip. This is but the next step was this active chip, which they've tested out for many years. Implanted? Implanted in the brain. In the brain? In the brain. Just like the Matrix movie, you know. Like everyone else, you were born into bondage. Born into a prison that you cannot smell or taste or touch. A prison for your mind. Merging our minds with machines may sound like science fiction, but it's already happening.
0: Much of what we've considered science fiction and fantasy is in fact true. And then when people realize that, now we get a different situation.
1: In, in the late 1800s, um, the Rothschilds created a foundation in England to, to encourage authors to write about certain topics which the Rothschilds upon. So they were trying to start off science fiction writers. Mm-hmm. And uh, of course Tavistock later gave the term to this course, that where when you read novels, now it's watching movies, but then it was novels aimed at the young, uh, to make the, the, those young people excited about this, this imaginative future that could be brought forth. And Tavistock calls it predictive programming. Programming, there you go. So, so that's what all fiction really has been for, uh, from then on at least, and maybe even before. Was frightening as hell just just to read that.
2: I mean, mm-hmm. we're we're barely prepared for microchips in the uh, in the arm, and mm-hmm. don't want it. Yeah. Uh, in terms of in the brain, mm-hmm. that's that's so beyond chilling uh-huh. that it's almost incomprehensible that mm-hmm. it would get there without massive outcry. Mm-hmm. Now, it, it almost seems like the generation that is here now, you and I, we've got to be off the planet before they can pull that
1: off. They would love that. And, and that's the way it was worded in the 600-page uh, the documentation that came out, which I have. <laughs> I like got someone to go into the university's website so and get it all before they took it down. Wow. And And the guy from Tokyo that helped us uh to design this latest model that applied it for, since the 1960s on the unsuspecting victims um, it, it has a coating on it which literally um interfaces with your genetic material so you can't simply cut it out right and it also interfaces in such a way that it attaches itself to, to the cortex the, the little neurons in your brain and you they, they said this will be the end of individuality as we know it since once in, the, the guy's words were from Tokyo he said he said when this is working and everyone has it he said There'll be no more individuality, and no ability for, for the person to even perceive of themselves as a distinct, separate individual. He said, think of it more like the beehive. and that the beehive, has, for thousands of years, has been the high occultic symbol, the perfect system. He said, you'll hear people's whispers going through your mind back to the central computers and and from the computers back to the people, a constant buzz in your head of thoughts. It says that it will be impossible for a person to even begin to think of themselves as a distinct, separate entity.
0: Okay, so that's that clip. Um, And again, he mentions the beehive the hive mentality, these chips will deprive you ultimately of having any kind of individual thought. Now, do you think that might affect you getting saved? (laughs) I mean, if you can't think for yourself anymore because you're being controlled by a microchip, uh, how are you going to get saved? That's primary. Because, I mean, granted, we talk a lot about this and that, but ultimately it matters where you're going to spend eternity. You don't even have the capability of being saved. And I'm not saying God couldn't intervene or supersede something like this. But, you know, you don't want to uh, tempt God either. And this is not something that I would, you know, touch with a ten foot pole. Uh, something very, very dangerous. The end of individuality as we know it. And that's what they want to create. A society of sheep automatons that have what they call a hive mentality like they have on Star Trek in the Borg where or in a beehive where everybody is there to serve the queen. The queen in this case would be Satan. Okay, And what he wants is a whole society that is solely and totally devoted to serving him with a hive mentality where you don't have individual thought anymore. You're not the one pulling the switch anymore. You are basically uh, on autopilot, and that's what they would love to see. And this microchipping is without a doubt the most ideal way to implement that. So let's go further. This next article is entitled, oh, actually, you know what? We're right at the end of this study. Let's go ahead and uh, cut it here, and we're going to go to part two next. God bless you.